Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. We are talking about all kinds of things that can help you take your business to the next level. And with that, I want to introduce my next guest. Listen, if your business has been adversely affected by the pandemic, government contracting really could be a way to go. My next guest, Carol Bernard, is a government marketing coach and trainer, and he's the co-founder of govology.com. It's an online platform dedicated to teaching small business owners how to win business in the government marketplace. Carol draws from a decade of experience as a government buyer, and he's been successful at winning government contracts himself. So, Carol, thank you so much for joining me tonight on Small Biz Chat Live. Hey, thank you so much. I'm just have the pleasure to be here. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's jump into it. The government buys everything. So can any business at any size do business with the government? Well, the answer to that question is yes. There's not really any size standards that the government will exclude you. Although there's some scenarios where you might run across that you need to have two years behind you, maybe to get into certain contract vehicles or maybe certain certification programs, but it's really open for all businesses. And I've seen all kinds of businesses from people who started out on unemployment, launching a business within a couple of years, have multi-million dollars in business from government contracts. And so really it can be a business where anybody can get involved with it. So why would you say that now is a good time to go after doing business with government agencies? Well, you know, I've been preaching this for a long time and we're probably going to talk a little bit about what happened 10 years ago in the last great recession. But at that time, I was working as a buyer with the VA and also then shifted over to the Small Business Administration. And what I saw during the last recession was that the government was still spending money. And I see the government marketplace as two opportunities. One, of course, for growth, which is what everybody sees. But the other one that a lot of people don't think about is for diversification. And when you have these times of recessionary periods and the market starts to contract, the government is still spending money. And in fact, they spend even more money through stimulus packages. And we're getting ready to actually see another stimulus package this month hit the House floor called the Invest in America Act, where they're talking about injecting $500 billion into infrastructure projects. And that money trickles down to other state and local agencies. It trickles down to prime contractors and all the sub-elements of subcontractors who support those primes. And so it's like this big flood of money that, you know, that analogy like the, the, the water lifts all ships, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. And so I really think this now is a really good time to get started. Don't wait until that flow of money rushes by you and you see it and you're like, oh, let me go put my ship in the water because it does take a little bit to set up and to build some relationships and to do the things that you need to do out there to get involved. Got it. Got it. So once you decide you want to pursue government contacts, what should you do first? You know, I really believe the first thing that you should do is explore the government marketplace. In fact, we have a a monthly webinar that we do called Exploring the Government Marketplace for Your Small Business. 
And the purpose behind that webinar is so that people that are not involved yet can really come into this session and number one, see if the government marketplace is right for them because it's not right for everybody. And, and it might be right for you down the road, but just not right for you right now. And I don't want anybody to get involved as it's not ready to go or they're going to be spending a lot of time and effort there when they're not ready. And so this one training that we do is really crucial to give you some of the ins and outs, some of the good, the bad, and the ugly, some of the misconceptions that are out there, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And so once you get to the end of that, you can look at it and say, okay, do we want to move forward? And if we do, let's go. The second piece to that, once you get in, is to validate the market. Before you really start running out there, do some validation, do some homework, check in with the agencies because you want to validate your business model. When people say they want to sell to the government or that they can sell to the government, it's kind of like a theory that you can, but you've got to validate that theory and prove that you can have this successful model within the government marketplace. And then once you've got that, then you can really start to gain some momentum. So when you're just getting started, is it best to focus on like just one agency or a couple at a time? Like what's the best kind of like strategy? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, and I, on a lot of the webinars that I do, I talk about the market research. And one of the cool things is that with the federal government in particular, you can go back and look at some of the historical spend data and where the money has gone, because a lot of times that's where it's going to go again in the future. And so, you know, as you look at that whole perspective there, I think it's just so important for businesses to understand that, that big picture of the government marketplace so they can know exactly where they need to go first. And they might find an agency out there that's doing a lot of business in the type of product or service that they sell. So you definitely want to do your homework on these top agencies. And that's one of the cool things that some of the market research can give to you. And some of these websites like usaspending.gov are available for free to anybody to go in there and find that out. So what I recommend is definitely do some homework, start with the top agencies that are buying what you sell, but then also think about yourself as a prospector and going out into you know, the old days and where, when they were looking for gold. I mean, the government has got this mountain of gold. And just because an agency might be buying a lot of what you sell, it may be hard to access that because you might have to get on a specific contract vehicle that might not be readily available to you right now. So then you go out and you start to prospect into other agencies to see if there's some opportunity there. And then once you start to win some small opportunities here and there, then you can expand that model and, and build that proving sales process for yourself. All right. So let's talk about these contract vehicles since you just brought it up. Let's talk about what some of the contract vehicles you might need to really be effective with your sales efforts. You know, it really all depends on the industry and the products and service that you're selling. A lot of times government agencies buys in like I call it the acquisition pyramid. So the first place that a contracting officer is going to go and look is they're going to say, do we have an existing contract on this or do we have it somewhere in our warehouse? And so there's a lot of contracts that exist like that where either the agency has a contract, maybe it's a five year contract vehicle. And so sometimes to get positioned on that, you just have to wait until that opportunity comes open again. But there's also a lot of good opportunities for small businesses to know who those contractors are, the prime contractors that hold those contracts so they can actually build relationships and position with them because there's a lot of opportunity 
that can flow down to those businesses. So sometimes it, it may be that there's no contract vehicle in place and the government goes through the open market. And that's where when you register at SAM.gov and you start watching the, the opportunities at beta.sam.gov and the contracting portal that starts flowing through, you'll see things coming through. But then there's a whole other segment that of things that are not even published because under $25,000, the government doesn't have to publish it. So depending upon what you sell, the size of your offering, everybody has a little bit of a different strategy. And so there's not really one blueprint that fits all businesses. Each business has to understand and create their own roadmap and then drive down that road. All right. So let's talk about PTAC centers. Like a lot of people have heard of small business development centers, which are, are you know run by the government agencies. They're funded through the SBA. But can you talk a little bit about PTAC centers? Because I don't think most people know what they are. Absolutely. I love the PTAC centers. And we have partnerships with actually most of the PTACs out there. There's 94 centers around the country. We have partnerships with over 70 where small businesses can come in and actually access Kavology training at no cost to them. And so PTAC Center stands for Procurement Technical Assistance Center. This was a program that was launched by the Department of Defense in the mid 80s because they were like, hey, why are we paying so much money for everything? And the answer to that was that they just didn't have that robust supply chain. And so they started funding these PTAC centers across the country. Right now, there's 94 of them. And small businesses can go to this grant funded resource and get free counseling. They can get some free training from people that are going to sit there and help them get set up help them do some of the homework that I mentioned. And then as they go along through their journey, kind of be a support agent for them. What I would recommend if is if a small business is, does not know about the PTAC program, go to the Association of Procurement Technical Assistance Center's website at aptac-us.org, aptac-us.org. And from there, if they click on the map, they can find the PTAC center that's located nearest to them. And I would encourage them to start there. And I would also say, you know, reach out to the Small Business Development Center in your area. They absolutely can point you to the local PTAC Center as well, because they're sort of like sister agencies. Now, how important is past performance? I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, in some cases you need to be in business at least two years. But I mean, if you don't have proper past performance, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, that's what I've always learned, known about government contracting myself. True. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's another one of those questions where I think we could answer it with it depends. You know, for example, if we're talking about like state and local procurement and construction bids where they do a lot of just, hey, we're going to put this out on a low bid. If you're the responsive and the responsible contractor, you're pretty much going to get it and past performance doesn't play a big role. If there's a small commercial item that the government is buying, a lot of times they're just looking at the price. But the, the higher the dollar volume and the, and the more technically complex the acquisition becomes, the government is very risk averse. So they don't want to basically have you on as their first, you know, they don't want you to have this as your first rodeo. They would like to see that you've done it for somebody else before. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, depending upon the acquisition, things like past experience and past performance become very important to the government. And so you want to ensure that you're able to show that as you are going out there. And, and really, when you read the solicitations, you're going to see and you're, what they're asking you for. And they try to make it very clear on if they're just looking at price or they're going to look at all of these other subjective factors like past performance and past experience. 
What about your financial status? Like I've definitely seen in the past, and just so you know, my company graduated from the 8A program in 1987. So I know, excuse me, 2007. I know a lot about this, but what about how you have to be set up financially to do business with the government? Like, do they, don't they go and check whether or not you have the financial wherewithal to do business with them? Yeah, I think that it depends on the acquisition again. I know that when I was a contracting officer at the SBA and, and talking about business credit, you know, we used to go and look at a Dun & Bradstreet supplier qualifier report, and it would show like a risk level of the contractor in terms of just paying their bills and paying their subs. And so we did look at some of those reports in, in terms of risk. Some of the other uh, acquisition teams didn't use that report as much. But I definitely think that you do want to have a good credit, you know, back to James there. And also, you want to also have the ability to fulfill your first contract, because, you know, if you don't fulfill your first contract, that first contract might be your last. And so you need to be able to fund the mobilization of whatever you're doing or, or with, when you send product into the government, you need to be able to have some type of capital to get that material you know, from your suppliers into the government. And then typically there's payment terms, which, you know, we can talk about, you know, how quickly do you get paid, but that's what you need to really be prepared for financially. Okay. Well, I think that is, what is the best business book you've ever read? I really enjoy Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Great book. Great book. Carol, what is your favorite old school marketing tip? Market research, you know, and I preach this all the time in the government marketplace, but really, if you're not starting with market research, you're going to be wasting a lot of time and money out there in your marketing efforts. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.